Men, wherever you are, great news for you. You, too, can play professional football. Terrell Owens, the news, the Edmonton Eskimos, who they had him on their, on their neg list. He said, sign me right now or let me go. So, yes, 10 days to offer him any kind of contract. Could Terrell Owens actually still play football? Sure, he ran the 40 in 4-5-0 or whatever he posted on the internet in a camera. Shot quite far back on a track that may not have been 40 yards, but he ran super fast. Looks good. Abs. All that stuff. Handsome. Smile. Ego. Got it all. Could he really still play football? Could he play football in the CFL? Is he going to be another one of those American players who comes up here and disappears? Vince Young? Anybody Anybody that? Trent Richardson, see you. Where'd you go? Uh, Chad Ochocinco came here for a bit and then was not in Montreal anymore. Could Terrell Owens actually hang in the CFL, and will it happen? Will it happen in Edmonton? Is there a market that could use him better? And is there a market that perhaps he has his eye on? One of our football analysts, Davis Sanchez, will join us a little later on Toronto Today. He has some... Let's just say inside information about uh, what the CFL is thinking about Terrell Owens and what Terrell Owens is thinking about the CFL. I am Derek Taylor. Happy to be with you. Be you on uh, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app. However you have come to us, we appreciate you being with us on this fine Tuesday it is Tuesday, right? I, I lose track of the day all the time. I'm getting the thumbs up. It is, in fact, Tuesday because when you work the weekends, if you are a weekend worker, you know every day seems exactly the same. Terrell Owens in the news. Kawhi Leonard, I cannot tell you how excited I am. One, that on the Low Post podcast, Brian Windhorst is talking about the Toronto Raptors. But two, he's not saying it is cuckoo bananas that Kawhi Leonard could come to the Toronto Raptors. He is exactly what the Raptors need. He's exactly what every team needs. Let's not kid ourselves, but he's exactly what the Raptors need. Let's just say, you know what, this whole two hours is predicated by the statement, if he's healthy. Let's just just make a deal between you and me. We're going to make that deal. If he's healthy is the predicate for this whole thing. Kawhi Leonard, exactly what the Toronto Raptors need. And if you're, from where I sit, if you had to let DeMar DeRozan go to get him, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm okay with that. I've never been the biggest DeMar guy. He's the, he's the second best player on the team. He's, that's, that's his role. If you could use him as a chip to get to Kawhi Leonard, I think there are great reasons why Kawhi would view Toronto differently than so many other superstars. We got, there was a hope. We were all kind of hoping deep down inside, right, that, that LeBron James would, would turn basketball in Canada. Vince turned it once. He would turn it again. That, that was never going to happen for a variety of reasons. But none of those reasons that we apply to traditional NBA superstars really apply to Kawhi Leonard. That is a different cat. He has a Jordan brand shoe contract. Did you know that? I... I barely knew that because one of their big complaints about him is he does zero PR for his Jordan brand shoe contract. And then when they weren't offering him enough money to keep the shoe contract going, he didn't love the money or his agent didn't love the money they offered him. They're like, well, you, you, you don't help us. You're, you're an amazing player. You're a top three talent in the NBA. 
But, you know, sell some shoes. Clay Thompson goes to China, takes a 20-hour flight to get to China. It's delayed. He gets off the plane. His legs are weak and he's sleepy. He blows a dunk that someone captures, goes viral around the world. Now he's China Clay. That dude sells shoes. It's in China. He sells shoes. Kawhi, despite all the talent, doesn't sell shoes in quite the same way. But there is just there's one thing about him to me that makes Toronto a perfect fit for him beyond the fact that I'm salivating at the prospect of Kawhi in a, in a Raptors jersey. Does that put them over the top of the East? Pretend it's, uh, pretend it's DeMar DeRozan, and I, I don't know how San Antonio does good work, so I don't know how they get away, get out of this without getting someone like OG Ananobi. They're not going to settle for Jakob Pertl, but it, it, they're going to get OG. Does that put him over the top? Kawhi, Kyle, CJ Miles, if he's not, not needed a salary filler, Jonas Valanciunas, if you're, if you're left with him, Fred Van Vliet, who I can't believe took just $8 million a year. Does that put them over this coming storm that is Philadelphia or the impending doom that is the Boston Celtics? And how come no one talks about Boston as a destination for Kawhi Leonard? They're set up to trade for everybody. When you saw all the talent and how far they ran without their two biggest players in the playoffs, they can trade for anybody. Maybe they want Anthony Davis, you know, come a couple of years, come a couple of years when Davis, you know, is free or New Orleans has said, okay, we're not going to be able to keep him. Man, I, I can't even tell you how excited I would be. I, I'm, I'm still not going to go down to the game and pay 500 bucks to sit in the lower bowl because, come on. But I will watch every single one on TSN, and I will listen on TSN 1050 because I want, an, I want the Kawhi Raptors. Someone's got to win the East. Could the Kawhi Raptors win the East? Man, I would, I would be deliriously, deliriously happy to hear that. We got two hours together. We have uh, some CFL talk. Mike Hogan, you may very well remember that name. The voice of the Toronto Argos will join us at 1140. Josh Lewenberg, he will talk all things Kawhi, shed a little light on it. I will float my theory on why I think Kawhi would love living and playing in Toronto. Davis Sanchez, our football analyst, we're going to talk some NFL with him. Training camps are set to open. He went through a couple of training camps in his time, played with the San Diego Chargers. Curious what it's like in these two days before training camp when you don't know, are you going to have a job? Are you not going to have a job? Are you going to be fired? Are you going to get in a fight with somebody? Who do you fight? How do you decide who you fight in training camp? Because that's got to be a real thing. Davis is, you've seen Davis on TV. He's five foot six. He's 175 pounds soaking wet. I don't know if he wore Canali to training camp, but he wears it now a lot. Wears it well. But who do you fight? And then Mark Zucchino, because the open at Carnoustie is a couple of days away. Curious, who's going to be the first one to splash around in the burn on 18 Jean Vanderbilt style from 1999? I'm very excited about the Open, as we all are, right? You, you're up super late, and all of a sudden you flip on TSN at 3 a.m., and oh my goodness, golf's on. I have no idea who this guy is, but I'm watching golf from Britain. That is going to be terrific. Some news from baseball. Of course, we're at the All-Star break. Who saw the Home Run Derby last night? Who saw Bryce Harper? Producer Joe, join me for one second, if you will. Yes, sir. Uh, the home run derby. It's, uh, I'm a football guy, so derby. Home run derby. Did you watch? I saw the highlights of it. 
Okay. Um, only because I was on the whole crowd that said the home run derby sucks. It sucks. Ahead of time. And it lucked out. It was a really cool experience to see the time limit. I'm actually not a fan of the time limit type of batting. I like the old, you get so many balls to hit and you got to get as many as you can in right. the 20 balls or whatever it was. Did you like the timeouts and the going to replay review and all that? Uh, no, I don't need that gosh. game process. But to your point, it was absolutely amazing to see Bryce Harper just knocked out of the park last pitch to win it. That was really cool. It, you knew it was gone, and he was super happy about it. And America on his on his arm sleeve. Which did you see his dad though? His dad was the highlight of that for me. That no, I, t- mi- I missed that. That because all of a sudden, you know, he's got the trophy, and his dad pulls up. His dad looks like he was two sixty and just muscle, just jacked. Bryce Harper's dad is jacked. Okay, Bryce Harper's dad or Strowman's dad. Bryce Harper's dad. Wow. Yeah, no, he was, you're like, this guy, because the, someone who's 260 at all muscle, you're like, what are you doing at a baseball game? Because it's, and it was like, it, it's that defined muscle, right? Where you're like, veins are coming up. Baseball players, not, not veiny particularly. I don't know. I haven't checked many of them for veins, right? That's, we're not going there. Really, damn, this guy is jacked. But I don't. Rank the All-Star Games for me. The, the big four. Rank the All-Star Games for me. NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, NFL. Worst to best. I think I would say NBA. As worst? No, or best. best. I'd okay. say NBA best. Just the game itself. Just the though. game itself. I'd say NBA. Then I would say MLB. Then I would say NHL. Then I would say NFL. And uh, the, yeah, the, I, 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 don't even, I don't even know when they play the Pro Bowl anymore. Yeah, Do I mean, they play it after the Super Bowl? Before? Do they play it the morning of the Super Bowl? Is it is it in I don't know? Do they take it to Australia? Is it at Wembley? It could be at Wembley for all I know. I don't watch the Pro Bowl. It was at the Rose Bowl back in the day. Now I think it's in Hawaii all the time just to give them a break. And then all the players that are supposed to be there aren't because they're in the Super Bowl. And that's the best part. Oh, he's a Pro Bowl quarterback. There were thirteen Pro Bowl quarterbacks. More than a third of the league is a Pro Bowler. Because your agent wants to be you say you're a Pro Bowler. I'm surprised you're so low on the NHL. I'm not the biggest hockey fan. I'm a big football fan, big basketball fan. The NHL All-Star Game, going to that three-on-three thing, mwah. See, I, I think the NHL, the best part of the NHL's All-Star Weekend is a skills competition. Because to me, okay, I fair. love seeing the players in a situation that you kind of see on Instagram, little clips of them being spectacular. Right. But the NHL and the NFL have something that the other two games don't, and they have a very high concentration of physicality being a part of that game. So it looks like pond hockey to me, and I could I don't really care for that too much. I enjoy well, watching the intensity. Did you, is, like, did you like the NBA All Star Game when the final score was two hundred four to one hundred ninety six two years no, ago? No, no, okay. but I will say that was beyond atrocious. I will say though, what's cool there is it feels very uh, much so like a skills competition because so of the dunks and uh, you know. But there's nothing impressive about a seven foot guy dunking on a rim uncontested. But they're more showmen. They enjoy their all star game. And I think yeah. that's what I enjoy about it that the players want to be there. Like, but, I've spoken about this before. Yeah. Imagine an all star game without LeBron James. You can't really because he goes to all of them. Now, imagine an all star game with Sidney Crosby. You can't because he goes to none of them. That is very true. So I find it cool that the players for 
uh, in the NBA, they actually take pride in going to the NBA All-Star Game, and they have fun with it. And that's, I think, what I've always enjoyed about it. All right, do you think they're going to the Sunday game, or do you think they're going for to hold up their Sprite 10s at the dunk contest, or for, come on, the party? Oh, 100% the party. <laughs> the party. I, my, one of my greatest wishes that was at the Toronto All-Star Game, it wouldn't have been the coldest week of like five years was the All-Star Game in Toronto because every player came up here, oh, it's Canada. It's so cold. It's, it was, and they will never believe us, right? They will never believe us that that was a freak week. Luckily, Kawhi Leonard wasn't an All-Star that year. Man, he will be, he will love Toronto. He will love Toronto. I mean, he will love Toronto for the same reason that I love Toronto, which he and I are quite alike. I have, I have long arms. He has long arms. I have trouble buying suits. I presume he has trouble buying suits. He's the second best player in the NBA. I've heard of the NBA. So we're like, we're, we're, we're exactly, we're exactly, I think we both won the same number of games in the NCAA tournament. I think, I think we're good in, in that fashion. Uh, I am deliriously excited about the prospect of Kawhi Leonard. I'm going to keep saying that. I'm going to talk about that with Josh Lewinberg. Davis Sanchez will probably weigh in on that. He's one of my basketball buddies, so we'll talk about that. There is some baseball. It is the All-Star Game. Jay Happ, the Jays representative at said All-Star Game. And we have some Jay Happ news. The Phillies apparently are interested in Jay Happ. I should preface this with the Phillies are also interested in Manny Machado, the Orioles Shortstop. He's a shortstop now, he says forever. NBC Sports Philadelphia, Jim Salisbury, suggesting a reunion with lefty Jay Happ is possible. Salisbury writes, quote, There is definite interest from the Phillies. While a league source tells him the Blue Jays have spent a lot of time recently scouting the team's minor league system. I assume they're scouting his last three starts, all of which were losses. Pardon me, the most recent one was, I mean, he's been... Hit for a lot of runs in his last three starts. The last one, none of them were earned. So I wonder, I wonder what they'll take from that. Because, yes, it's three losses in a row leading into this trade deadline. But he won six of his previous eight starts. The other two were a no decision. It's not like he's falling off the cliff anytime soon. That is a, that is a good starter. He's, he's, not, he's not your A1, right? He's not your A1 for a, for a playoff run. But he's in your rotation. And if you're if you're approaching the playoffs, that's that's all you care about. I should drop the Manny Machado news, Buster. Only uh, a few minutes ago, reporting that there is a deal in place for Manny Machado, one of the big dominoes to fall at the trade deadline. Only says they're going through the paperwork. There are going to be medicals and stuff. Does not know or is not at this moment willing to report what team Manny Machado will be going to. It was reported that the Dodgers were the. It was reported separately from Olney that the Dodgers were the were the closest to grabbing Manny Machado. Only saying, "Hey, a deal is in place." The first domino to fall of the season. I his transition to third, to uh, shortstop has been good times, but man, the Orioles. I I'm just I just have to check because I just have to know. We've been enjoying just how far Baltimore is. Thirty nine and a half games out in the American League East. I, I don't know that I've ever heard that before at the All-Star break. I would have to dig back in because that is, that is some remarkable... Uh, Joe, incompetence 
or impotence? Where, when you're 39 and a half games out at the All-Star break, incompetence or remarkable impotence of a baseball team? I think it's been incompetence. We've said the same thing about the Orioles for the last three to four years. Yeah, sure, they can hit the ball. Most of the guys strike out a ton, and their pitchers aren't fantastic. And they got one guy in a bullpen. And yeah. and competence as well because we remember what they did against the Blue Jays, leaving Zach Britton in the bullpen. Like they don't bring <laughs> the guy was torching the see they were torching I the Blue about Jays. That. Yeah, I couldn't. I have never seen a worse mismanagement of a bullpen in probably a very long time than their ace closer who has dominated the Blue Jays all season. Wasn't it tied at the time? And that yes. was that was the anti logic. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was like, No, we're gonna go with a different arm. This guy's better against Edwin. Yeah, sure he was. Was that was and that Edwin, Showalter at the time? Yeah. Yeah. And he, he left him in the bullpen. I was reading The Athletic last night, and they did their poll of players, and Buck Showalter was the most voted for guy I would least like to play for. So maybe Zach Britton was one of the people asked to vote anonymously on that. Because... He probably voted twice. I don't blame him. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. Hey, uh, you've been hearing it uh, for the Well, you heard it starting yesterday. Sound Wars is coming up on Toronto Today. Mike Hogan will join us at uh, 1140. We'll talk some Argos. They've had a big signing. Dexter McCluster. The NFL coming to Toronto. What role will he play? I have a couple of thoughts. Hoagie will drop by and talk about that a little later. Sound Wars up next on Toronto Today. 11.23 on Toronto Today. Just a warning, I'm obsessed with the CFL. Obsessed. So when Hoagie gets on, uh, there's going to be some drooling and some nerding. And I'm going to ask him why James Wilder is not going to get 2,000 yards like I was promised. Hoagie's got some making up to do with that. As I mentioned, 11.23. I'm going to do a weather check because I'm inside where it is quite cold, and I wish I was outside where it is 24 degrees and sunny right here on Toronto Today. You know what? It's, It's time for a sound war. The greatest moments in history are now up to you. This is TSN 1050's Sound Wars. All right, so in the last 365 days before yesterday, so let's say the last 300, I don't know, 365 of the previous 366 days, you heard so many hilarious, insightful, interesting topics and words discussed here on the air. We've narrowed it down. We've made some brackets. We're going to have a little NCAA-style knockout tournament. We need you to tell us which one is better. Set into four brackets. This one from the Kessel bracket. Oh my goodness, this has got to win. The number one seed in the Kessel bracket. Can a brother get some Sergio dip up in here? It's a pleasure to be with you guys here on the field from up close, just watching Coach Vance Joseph from here. You watch him now on the screen. This diversity in his background is helping him a lot tonight. Quarterback at Colorado, defensive back in the NFL, and here he is having the time of his life. And for Sergio Dip, that may very well be the time of his life because, man, that made it around the internet super fast. I love me some Sergio Dip. That is tremendous. That will be incredibly tough to knock off in my mind. Let's hear from the Number eight seed, Dennis Shapovalov. Right now on Pat Rafter Arena, men's singles action. Please welcome from Canada, Dennis Shapovalov. 
<laughs> oh my god. Uh, I've sat through whole matches where people are mispronouncing Dennis Shapovalov, but that dude just just can, we, can I have that one more time? That is unbelievable. Again, the number eight seed, Dennis Shapovalov. Right now on Pat Rafter Arena, men's singles action. Please welcome from Canada, Dennis Shapovalov. He realizes a third of the way through, I am in an incredible amount of trouble. And I, and I mean, the Aussie accent, right? You're with me. The Aussie accent makes everything so much better. So much better. So in this one, it certainly does work. So those are your two clips. Sergio Dip versus Denis Shapovalov. Which one do you like better? I'm... I'm I'm staunchly in the Sergio Dip Camp. I think that's going all the way. TSN 1050.ca. You go there, you click on Sound Wars, vote for your favorite. Is it having the time of his life? Or Shapovalovalovalov. Voting for this Sound War closes at 3 p.m. Listen to Overdrive later today for the results and for the start of a new Sound Wars battle on TSN 1050. Forgot to have that when I walked in today. Did my walk to the ring? Ah, I, I just—it's—it's it's months after the game in Mexico, and apparently, like Sergio Dip is just a fascinating character to me—a young broadcaster, and you know, it's his second language. And I remember being on the morning show with Landsberg, and Landsberg staunchly defending Sergio Dip, and I'm like, yeah, he's nervous. He's absolutely nervous. He, t- he might be terrified because that's a lot of people. First time on ESPN, big audience. It's an NFL game. <sighs> yeah, it, it did not. It did not go well. And in that, you thank goodness. If you're of a certain age, you're with. Me. You got to be with me on this. The the bad things you did. If you're in broadcasting, the bad things you did. They happened before YouTube. I'm so happy about that. I was I was once doing a stand up in a back alley. There had been uh, a person had been murdered. So you're a news reporter. You're super intrepid. La la. la. I had to do a live hit in the six o'clock show. Uh, yeah, and I, I you know, you, you don't have anything. But here's where it was, and it was seen from there. And here's a clip of somebody in the neighborhood who is moving out because they're tired of the crime that has has rampaging their neighborhood. So I'm doing a live hit with the studio. Uh, Joe, tell me what you would do in this situation. Hey, uh, I'm Derek Taylor, la la la, blah la. Yes, uh, just 4 a.m. today, police discovered a body here, blah 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 blah. Uh, as I am doing it, a homeless man walks out from, I didn't see him, walked out in this alley from like the garbage bags behind a dumpster, comes over, stands right next to me, and throws his arm around me. Having the time of his life. That man did not smell good. And it is tough to concentrate because you're... What, what, I, don't, I don't know who you're doing. Uh, police, uh, police are looking for anybody who... And literally, this is, this is what I said. Police are looking for anybody who knows what happened here on Thursday night or knows what's happening right now. Give them a call at 986 blah, 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 blah. I couldn't... The things you do... I gotta give you credit for being like super professional. I would just, I would crack. I'd laugh so hard. Just this guy shows up out of nowhere, like just garbage can Joe just shows up in tattered clothes. Like what's up? Every city, right? Certain part, you're just your random, random homeless guy may just, hey, hey, how are you? 
Uh, well, I'm doing a live shot. You can't explain to them, right? I'm doing a live shot for the 6 o'clock news because then we're going to see whatever hidden talent has been festering in the dumpster for the last five years, right? It's just, it's not going to go well for anybody. Maybe he thought that was going to be his break. And like <laughs> 10 years later, he'd be sitting beside you on Toronto Today and just be like, you remember when I creeped in on you out of the gutter? Oh, gosh. If you ever... I, I wish, I, I don't know if, if you ever wanted to be in broadcasting, if you ever thought it'd be a good idea, but you'll run into situations you, you've never thought you would be in. Joe, tell me how I handled this one if you thought this was good. Uh, another murder, because I was in Winnipeg, and there are murders in Winnipeg, and they brag about the fact, hey, we're the murder capital of the country. Whatever, you get 23 a year. Uh, knock, you have to go, someone is murdered in the area, you have to go door knocking. Did you see anything? Do you know anything? Did you know them? What's your reaction? Can you believe somebody was murdered? If you're in a certain part of town, the the answer to the question, can you believe somebody was murdered in your neighborhood is, hell yes, I can. This is where I live. My rent is 400 a month. I can can buy it. Yeah, it happened. So I knock on the door, and the guy comes to the door, and he is very clearly blind. I'm like, oh, this is is great. He's he's a random blind guy. So I, I he's like, do you mind talking? He's like, no, no, I don't mind at all. And I turn on the camera. Okay, good to go. Uh, sir, normally I would ask you what you saw, but is there anything that perhaps you heard that you can? He's like, no, I didn't. I didn't see anything. Do you think I was okay? Asking a blind man, what did you see? I think that's fair, but you didn't ask him what he saw, so that's okay. Yeah. I think you made the right move. I, it, I tried to be funny about it. You never know. I mean, he deserved to have his voice heard. Exactly. He could have heard something, and... I mean, who knows? You could have also had another situation where a random homeless guy could have been there as well, and you could have got more information. You you can't let any opportunity pass you by, yeah. like the homeless man proved to you. Okay, I'm going to throw you a third one, because we're, we're Mike Hogan coming up in about nine minutes from now, because that made me think of a third one. What would you do? Joe, what would you do? This has to do with, uh, with, with another blind gentleman. I was working as a waiter in college. I was working at the keg. It used to be on Church Street. Now it's down around the corner. It was right next to Le Papillon. I never went into Le Papillon because I thought the food was probably too good for me. I kept having chicken fingers at the keg, which, uh, have a steak. Go have a steak. So uh, normally the hostess brings people to the table. She sat four people down in my section. I thought, oh, great. Oh, no, they didn't have menus. I look at them, and I go, oh, my goodness. That's Jeff Healy. Jeff Healy sitting in my sta- the the blind guitar legend. My brother was a big big guitarist, so of course I, I knew who Jeff Healy was. I'm like, oh my god, that's Jeff Healy. Oh my, they don't have menus. Well, let me get the menus, and then they clicked on me. Jeff Healy is legally blind. Do I give Jeff Healy a menu? Do I go back and get four menus, or do I go back and get three menus? Producer Joe, what would you do? Okay, I come back with four menus. Okay put three on the table, introduce myself to Jeff, and then let him know these are our specials. If you have any other questions, let me know. Okay. And these are my favorite things to have here. Have you been a waiter before? This is this is all right. Except for setting the menus on the table. You nailed it, right? Thanks. There. Yeah, well that's I've done it before a couple good. times and I've these also are the I've been in a lot of situations where I've put my foot in my mouth. So I've learned how to try <laughs> and not put my foot in my mouth. Yeah. So I thought about it for a second. I once served a strawberry daiquiri to a fourteen year old. So yeah, I've done that too. My my tack with I'm like in the moment I thought, okay, well, 
I went, I got four menus. I'm like, I know Jeff Healy can't read. I know we don't have Braille menus. I'm going to get four menus. He was in the first seat on my right. So I handed one menu to my left, a second to my left, a third to my, the third to my right. And I opened up the fourth menu to hand it to Jeff Healy. And the woman goes, no, no, it's okay. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. I thought, I can't, I can't not bring him a menu. What if he really wants it? What if he wants to... I don't. I don't know. I don't know Jeff Healy from a hole in the ground, but I know he. I know he can't see. So what? It's. I don't know. It's. It's one of those situations. It could have been super awkward, and I'm glad I didn't fall flat on my face. Well, I'll ask you. What would DT do? Oh, okay. Let's do this. So I was covering uh, me DT current day or me DT at a previous age. Uh, current day or even a couple years ago. Okay. So I was covering a CWHL game. Okay. So Canadian Women's Hockey League, and one of the teams lost in a shootout. And the woman that scored in the shootout pulled the Forsberg slash Datsuk one-handed, like completely undresses the goalie. Okay. So I'm speaking to one of the captains of the losing team who's playing for Toronto. Okay. I asked her, what did you guys think about the goal? Quote, unquote, that was exactly, those were exactly the words you said? I said to her, that was a great goal by the woman that scored for Boston. What did you guys think of that goal to win the game? Okay. Uh, She looked me dead in the face. Uh, very angry, and said, obviously we weren't happy. And I was like, okay, did I ask the wrong question? Did you did you lead with that? No, it was like my third question. Okay. So what would DT do? Would you have asked that question? Was that offside? If it's the first question out of your mouth, I think... They're at they're competitors, right? They just they just lost. But you never know. Like I assume you'd never talked to this woman before. No. So you you just don't know how they're going to go. You always have to be careful, right? Because some people are super competitive. Some people are like, yeah, man, it it sucks that we lost, but man, I can't believe she one handed that. She, I can't believe she Forsberged us. And you'd had that clip forever. Yeah. See, I thought I was like, you know, it's a, to me totally reasonable question, okay. and her response totally reasonable as well. Okay. Because she didn't throw anything at you, or like, uh, no, she, two for she, hooking, and you went to the box and felt shame, right? No, no, I did no. not feel shame. <laughs> but she she recovered. She was like, oh, you know, it was a fantastic goal, and it, you know, now we need to work on our pen, like our penalty shootout. So it, it was okay, but I think I tried to pull like a, a big boy move, like, oh, I was. You know, TSN's Joe Narsa asking that tough question. Right. I got burned. So I think the only way I might modify it the next time is to say, I just preface it with, I know it was the goal that uh, that beat you, that knocked you out, whatever it was. I know it was the goal that beat you, but uh, any uh, appreciation for that game-winning goal? And do it with a little laugh in your voice because, man, it, she that woman knows that that was a special goal, it sounds like. See, and that goes to show why you handled that hobo off the street so well. Just random homeless guy. Live in downtown Winnipeg, I'm Derek Taylor, plus one, blah, 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 news. Hey, Mike Hogan, the voice of Toronto Argos, coming up after this. Dexter McCluster, you remember him from the NFL? Hopefully he will do great things for the Toronto Argos. We'll talk all about that and more with Mike Hogan of the Toronto Argos coming up on Toronto Today. I have seen the lights. I was watching the All-Star Home Run Derby yesterday. Home Run Derby, if you're a soccer fan. I thought, man, that Bryce Harper's dad, that man is large. Muscles and veinies. Not very tall, 
And then uh, producer Joe sent me a picture. He thought I was talking about Marcus Stroman's dad. I had never seen Marcus Stroman's dad until two and a half minutes ago. Like, if you took, he, if you've not seen him, uh, please do Google, Google Earl Stroman. Uh, he looks like, I don't know, 1980s Lou Ferrigno. He's an enormous, like, those are, like, Hulk Hogan, what used to say, like, 24-inch pythons. Like, this, absolutely. Uh, he, this man does not buy off the rack. That is a large and in-charge man. And, I mean, Stroman, 26, dad's got to be. 46 to 56 years old, something like that? Oh, my goodness. Yikes. In other news, I hurt myself getting the Captain Crunch out of the cupboard today, so not, not in the same kind of shape. 11.42, Toronto Today. Derek Taylor with you. 24 degrees in Toronto. So we're waiting to talk to Mike Hogan of the Toronto Argos. They made a very interesting signing. They have been looking for some help at uh, wide receiver and as Hoagie joins us on the line now, uh, Hogan, you traitor. You, well, leave the, you leave independent media to go to work for big corporate sports. I can't believe this, man. That's, yes, because that's, if anybody exemplifies a guy in a tie, it's me. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, when you're doing radio games, you're not. How, how, much, how, how up do you have to dress? Uh, I'm. I'm. Uh, I, I never wear shorts. I never wear jeans. I'll go like khakis, and I'll go. Uh, I'll go golf shirt. Okay, I thought you. I thought we said you're not wearing shorts. You might be Donald ducking it, like uh, business up top and just all party on the bottom. Okay, good. All tail feathers, baby. Uh, the let's start off with the big news for the Argos: the signing of Dexter McCluster. Yeah, uh, moderate time NFLer hasn't played there since 2016 when he had six games for the Chargers. Uh, five foot six, uh, ninety five pounds, but man, that kid could <laughs> he could move in his NFL days. What are what are the hopes do you think for for him in the Argos camp? Well, well, we'll see, I guess. I mean, here's a guy who's pretty versatile when he played down there, right? He can catch the football, he can run the football, he can return the football, and, you know, that's uh, just looking for anything to kickstart the, the offense. You're always trying to get better, obviously. And uh, they see something in, in Dexter McCluster, who's, uh, you know, you mentioned he's not the heaviest guy in the world, but, man, he's pretty solid. Um, you know, he was in here last week for interviews and uh, was wearing a golf shirt, and, man, he... He's bigger than you would think he would be in terms of upper body. So there's, yeah. you know, the, the, here's a guy who's probably going to be able to block as well. That's what they want. They just, they, they're, they're bringing in other bodies to see what they can do. It's, you know, what it's like in football. You're always trying to get better. So if they think, and they obviously do because they put pen to paper, uh, if they think that uh, Dexter, uh, Dexter McCluster can help them, um, that's that's why they brought him in because you know he was a studded old miss. Yeah, absolutely, and he was—he had some very good seasons in the uh, NFL. And absolutely, the, the, your thing about he's bigger than you think—it it, apply—it always applies in football because you watch the guys on TV, right, and you go, "Oh, five foot six. but that's like versus football size, right? When you see them versus human size, you go, "Oh yeah, that guy's lifted weights every day for the last 10, 15 years," and oh yeah, okay, I get it. Five I get six it. tall and five six wide. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I semi-get the Dexter McCluster signing because when you look at the Argos, you already have a Martise Jackson who is a running back yep. returner. Uh, you have Brandon Burks, which in that preseason game, I'm, I'm guessing, well, you saw it, right? The, the run in Hamilton, the cutback, cutback, cutback run for a touchdown. They have small, shifty guys. I see a spot where they might be able to use him, but what, what's your, like, where do you think he, ma- he makes an impact first or gets a chance to make an impact first? Well, I think the first thing he'll do, obviously, if you look at the depth chart, the first thing he'll do is push Marquise Jackson as, as a guy who will be the primary returner or 
will go back and sort of, you know, split the duties with them back there. The problem in the CFL is with the limited roster size, uh, it's, it's very few teams that have ever dressed three, um, you know, three running backs who are not Canadian. You know, sure. you, you get those imports. It's, it's just, it's just a, a roster thing. If they could find a spot for him as a receiver and keep Jackson and then have the two of them back there to return, now all of a sudden you're thinking, hmm, that's interesting. Anthony Coombs is out. Do they try him at the R? Right now Jimmy Ralph is in there, a Canadian, but right now they're dressing more than one, or starting rather, one more than one Canadian than they have to. So yeah. they've got a little bit of roster flexibility. So I don't know if he'll be up to speed this week um, because this is today his first full practice. They just did a light walkthrough yesterday. So I don't know if he'd be ready for Winnipeg here, but he might be ready for Winnipeg in a week. Three words for you, Hoagie. Boundary wide receiver. This yeah. is this is a league well, and a division that is not unfamiliar with with small slash tiny boundary wide receivers. Hamilton, Brandon Banks, and Ottawa, Deontay Spencer. Those are guys that are not big and they are super effective. And they've got Levi Noel out there right now, who's a who's a Toronto kid. But you know, he had a really you know, a productive game here against Edmonton two weeks ago, but really didn't do much in the rematch in Edmonton last week. So, you know, that's a possibility. You know, like I say, they've got that extra Canadian going right now. So whether it's Jimmy Ralph or Levine Noel, if they can find that guy, whether it's Rodney Smith, uh, who's from Florida State, played with Wilder uh, down with the Seminoles before going to the NFL. He's been up here. He got uh, got a little bit of a look-see the last couple of games. So uh, th- there are some uh, some interesting possibilities here. And, I, you know, this is this is a, prog- a progression. And, you know, Coach Trestman is a guy that always talks about the process. And uh, it's a constant build with him. And, you know, guys will play their way into jobs. Guys will play their way out of jobs. And um, until we get into sort of that October stretch drive, this roster is probably going to be move, uh, seeing guys move in and out. And even in the secondary, you're seeing guys move around. They've still got their jobs, but they're just trying them out in different positions. Let me ask you about James Wilder Jr. because I was asked about him yesterday. Hey, what's it was in the the question I was asked was in the essence of of what's wrong because preseason we were talking about a thousand a thousand. He was unbelievable last yep. year. Eighty six yard touchdown, seventy five yard touchdown. I think it was fifty one catches out of the backfield in limited action. So this year, uh, what? Not even five yards a carry and. Where are we? Four receptions a game. What are you seeing? You've seen all the games. What are you seeing with Wilder? Is it is it in fact any different, or is it just different around him? He lit up Edmonton two weeks ago, and mm-hmm. then Edmonton made an adjustment, and they often were lining up with the extra guy in the box and saying, okay, go ahead, James Franklin, beat us, because we're not going to let Wilder beat you. And I, I think that was one of their main adjustments from week to week. So, you know, teams are aware of him now. He's not sneaking up on anybody. Kind of like the Argos as a team snuck up on people a year ago, getting closer to playoffs. Um, you know, now they've got the target on their back. And, and, and Calgary sure had one on their back three weeks ago. But, um, you know, with, with Wilder, he's not surprising anybody now. And, and teams are game planning for him. And until James Franklin, who's played well in his first two starts with the Argos, until he's out there showing, okay, if you're going to put an extra guy in the box, I'm going to light you up for 350 or 400 yards. And he did a nice job in the rain, especially against Edmonton, where there are a couple of drops. Um, you know, he's going to be that guy at some point. And I think right now, uh, and this is no disrespect to Franklin, I think they look at how good Wilder is and says, okay, let's let's go with the lesser of two evils. And until he has a little bit more game experience, maybe Franklin is is that. 
but I'm sure the Argos will find a way to get Wilder back involved because, you know, uh, they did that through the air last week where he had one big catch, um, 30-some yards. So, yep. um, you know, he's he's a dangerous guy, and it's just now up to Trustman and the coaching staff to get him more involved in the offense. Yeah, just looking through some of the numbers as I compile a bunch of numbers for the details on the CFL, 1.9 yards before contact is the second lowest in the league. The only guy lower is the dried-out husk of Jerome Messam. And so, <laughs> to me, to me, Jerome Messam's, you know, 1.8 yards before contact entirely on him Wilder I there's some there's some troubles I have with the offensive line I I like I'm sure I would like Tyler Holmes but he gets turnstiled a bunch so far this season it's 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 one of those things and then uh, that I mean that has the ripple effect right it all starts there 1.9 yards before contact he's third and carries with yards after contact which is kind of what we expect from Wilder but it's it's a team game, right? To get everybody everybody going and and Wilder for a team that wants to run the ball as much as they do, forty percent of the time on first down, uh, it, it's it's essential that everybody gets gets it going. It's funny though. I mean, the the offensive line is exactly the same as it was a year ago. And you know, when when uh, Jonathan Heimbach came back as as the offensive line coach with this group, um, and then Wilder was inserted into the lineup. You know, Yahtzee, you've got a brand new Argo <laughs> offense, and that's what carried them to the Grey Cup. Yeah, and you know, it's the same group. So. Uh, I don't know what the problem is, but you're right. I think we expected, you know, Wilder, once he gets to the second level, uh, is a completely different back, but he hasn't gotten to the second level as much as he did a year ago. So um, what, how much of that is on the offensive line? How much of that is, you know, give credit to the defensive lines that are scheming them a little bit differently. Um, they'll figure it out. Like, you know what it's like. It's essentially because it's an 18-game schedule. The first couple of games are not exhibition games per se, but, you know, compared to the NFL where you get those two extra games it's a couple of extra games to kind of work out the kinks and i i, I have no problem i look at the talent on this team and I, I have no problem they're going to be a contender come october but it's just kind of getting to that level and let's 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 face it they did they just lost to a very good edmonton team by a point and slowed mike riley down which is very difficult to do well, and at some point, you're not going to be playing all the teams from the West, right? So you'll get to play some of these. You'll get to play the Montreals and you know see how they stack up against Ottawa and uh, Hamilton. Mike Hogan, the voice of the uh, Toronto Argos, joining us on Toronto Today. There was a time where I was pretty sure I could, be, I could catch a couple of passes against the Toronto defensive backfield. They were... More than, after two weeks, they were what? They were allowing 80-something percent completion rate. Yeah. They've, now, they've now, you know, tightened that up down to only 72% completion again. Still the worst in the league. Uh, you mentioned some shuffling there. Uh, is, is it going to go any better against Winnipeg? Uh, I, well, I would hope so. They're not playing Michael Riley or Bo Levi Mitchell, uh, which has you know, been three weeks in a row. And, you know, they're going to light up everybody. And the fact that they kept Edmonton out of the end zone aside, you know, there's one slip obviously in the end zone uh, here in Toronto, but they did a good job keeping them out of the end zone. Um, that's not easy to do against Mike Riley. And, you know, James Franklin had substantially more passing yards than, than Riley did last week. So it's, it's going in the right direction. And again, Ronnie Yellow's new and TJ Heath is new. And Mike Archer is the new defensive coordinator. He was the linebackers coach here a year ago. And he's got a wealth of, of, of coaching background. He was with the Steelers as a linebackers coach forever. And, you know, as a head coach at LSU. So the dude knows, knows football. And he's had a full season now under his belt in the CFL. And I think, you know, he's just putting a stamp on things. And the good thing is it's gotten progressively better. If this team had have started out spectacular and had been going the wrong way, then it's, uh-oh, we have a problem here. And uh, considering 
how much better they've looked in the last couple of weeks. And it was, you know, Calgary was terrible. You're right. It was, it was, it was abysmal and they weren't very much better in the game against Edmonton, although they were able to, again, keep them out of the end zone. Yeah. They looked better as a group last week. So we'll see how that, uh, how they look against a mortal quarterback against the Bombers this week. Yeah, Matt Nichols coming off three interceptions this past week. Uh, as I let you go, uh, I am unabashedly, unashamedly in love with James Franklin. I loved him in Edmonton. He comes to Toronto with a 12-touchdown, one-interception ratio. And he's thrown, thrown a couple picks since then. I am unabashedly in love in James Franklin. Will you join me in fighting for, for the Rose from James Franklin? Are you in love with, as in love with him as I am? Well, I'll give you the Rose, but I like him a great deal. <laughs> yeah. You know, every once in a while you see the guys come through and you know they'll, they'll do the media and it's kind of a necessary evil. And James Franklin might be the most polite guy I've ever seen here. Every answer is a yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Like, it's just, he's just that guy. And he's impossible not to cheer for. He's poised on the field. He's poised off the field. Yeah. And I haven't seen him yet. I literally have not seen him without a smile on his face. That's um, fantastic. You know, we, That's even, we even saw that bit on, uh, on the Mike Up game the other day where he got hit. And Will Campbell came up and goes, yeah, you're still pretty. And he went, oh, thank you. <laughs> he's a, great television. but uh, He's a good-looking like kid. Got- he's got a strong arm. And, I mean, as a, he was the best backup option in the league. Mike Hogan, i got to let you go. Thanks so much. The play-by-play voice of the Argos joining us on 1050. Thanks, brother. Thanks, dude. All right. Mike Hogan, the Argos and Bombers. That one coming up on Saturday. Watch it on TSN. This is Toronto Today at 1155.